0: If you are a small business owner or entrepreneur, a coach is important to keep you on trend, relevant, and competitive. Welcome to ESCN, an iCoach 360 production. Your host is Michael Dawson, along with co-hosts Angelia Hobson and Diane Daniels. If you're looking to launch or grow your business, listen to what our guests have to say about winning in the game of business and important industry topics. Now, here's your host, Michael Dawson.
1: Good morning. Welcome to ESCN and I Coach Three Hundred and Sixty Production. Good morning, Diane. Good morning, Angelia. I'm excited to be here
2: this morning to hear what we have to
1: talk about. Absolutely. It's a girl's day here on ESCN. We thank you guys for joining us. We're going to be listening today mostly to a pre-recorded interview with Michael Blair, former Green Bay Packers. So for us Chicagoans, it's always painful to say a Green Bay Packers, but getting to know Michael over these last few months, he's a great guy with an amazing story. So you'll hear more about that in a few minutes.
3: Good morning. We're here this morning uh, with iCoach360ESCN. We have guest today, Michael Blair, uh, former NFL, AFL, XFL player for eight years. Michael, thanks for uh, stopping by this morning. And let's just jump right into your personal background here in the Chicago area and what brought you to football and how did that whole whole football thing for you, how did that get started?
4: Well, uh... First, thank you for having me here, Uh, to hear the voice, hear my voice. uh, I remember the day that it started for me, it was, I was about six or seven, and I was watching the Bears on TV, and my father and I were standing there, we was watching, and I said to him, I said, Dad, that's what I want to do. He said, do what? I said, right there, what you see on TV, that's what I want to do. He said, you want to play football? I said, yeah. He said, okay. And then that was it. We just started, continued to watch TV and watch the game. And from that moment, I didn't care what it was. I just wanted to play what they were doing on TV. I want to be on TV, and
3: I want to do that on TV. And, you know, then then the journey began. Wow. So... up until that point at six or seven, were you not playing? Did you know what the sport was, or was it I just want to do that, or did you know what football was all about?
4: oh yeah, I mean I, I knew what the sport was you know <laughs> um I was playing everything my dad uh he played national soccer for Jamaica and it's actually his whole family even the it was a big family of nine of them you know five boys, four girls and uh Four of the five boys actually played at the highest level in Jamaica on soccer. So that even, to have that in one family, to have that one person, but to have that in one family to be four of those guys, that's that's a, a feat in itself. No, but I knew every sport. I knew I knew baseball, you know, soccer, football, cricket, wow, you know, all, basketball. I knew it all. But it isn't until that uh, epiphany happens, that aha moment, the light bulb, the discovery of Oh, I, I remember this. I know what this is. I I do play it outside. I do get knocked down by the big boys cuz my brother did play uh football at Eastern Illinois. Okay. And um so I knew what the game was, but it wasn't the decision making like all right, fine. That's what I want to do. And that's that's what it was. Cuz I I played all sports. I mean, I played baseball. I was going to be the next Bo Jackson. <laughs> <you know. laughs> um, I did play soccer. I mean, because my dad played soccer, so I had the round ball at my feet all mm-hmm. the time. Uh, cricket. had Wore the pads. Didn't know what they were used for. Just wore them. I, I wore them, walked <laughs> around with them. And um, hockey, floor hockey. Wow. Yeah, me and my brothers. I'm the youngest of four. We had an older brother and sister. And then my next brother up, we, we played uh, hockey in the garage. Bang the garage up, Dad got kind of upset with that. <laughs> what you
3: guys doing out there? <laughs> you
4: know, I'm all dressed up in my winter coat. I got a um i <laughs> I'm in a winter coat because that's my pads, and I have a baseball glove in one hand, and I have a, a, uh, snow glove in the other hand with a hockey stick, and I'm the wow. goalie with You're a football helmet on. Yeah. Wow. And my brother just taking some slap shots. Bang. Oh. I, we we put tape. On the inside of the uh, the garage door, yeah. Wow, he and are and trying yes. to stop him from scoring. Stop him from scoring, and then after he took his thirty shots, it's your then turn. It's my turn, and I'm he's trying to stop me from scoring.
3: Wow. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's 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 very interesting. So you so you're you're an athlete. You play multiple sports, which is good. Which is good. When you got to high school and you went to Thornton. Uh, Thornton Fractional South.
4: Absolutely not. (laughs) Absolutely not. Can you hear me on that thing? (laughs) No. Not Thornton Fractional, not Thornton. I went to Thornwood High School. (laughs) My first organized play of football was with Dalton Bears. Okay. Yeah, that was in sixth grade. And I played with Dalton Bears and actually played on the front line. I was a guard. Hated it because I was a bigger Kid, all right. and you know they put me at the guard position. I was like, No, I, I don't. I don't want to play this position. I want to carry the ball. That's all I want to do. And they put me at the guard position. And then the next year, I was at uh, lightweights, which is plays on Saturday, and then heavyweights play on Sunday. So the following year, I played running back and linebacker. Excuse me. And then um, I didn't want to play heavyweights at all. And so I was like, Dad, I don't, I don't think boys are big up there, you know. And he, he says, well, you know, you can, you can go up there and, 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 and show everybody what you got. And I was like, no, no, I don't want to go up there. So I actually lost five pounds just so I could play on the lightweights. Wow. Yeah, so that was my first introduction into uh, weight. Right. First introduction into having a discipline. First introduction is setting a goal and trying to achieve this goal. And I actually did. I lost five pounds, I played on the lightweights, and then the following year my dad said, Nah, you know, you're too young to continue to this this routine of losing weight just to go play. Just go up there, play your best, whatever you do, we love you. It's like all right. Went up there, dominated as usual. <laughs> nah.
0: I can say that now I'm done. Right, 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 right. Nah, I went I went up there
4: and I and, you know, played hard and played linebacker and, and, and fullback, running back and um and then I went to Thornwood High School, yep. and they put me at the wing position. And that's when they, you know. Wing. Yep. Whereas the, it was the single wing, hybrid wing. We had, you know, quarterback, running back, but the uh, one wing uh, off the right side or left side, whichever it was, and that's the position I played. Okay. And the big play that put me on the map was 24 counter. Right, so I would be in that position there, and the guards would pull, and I would just follow through, and that's what kind of opened everybody's eyes up to hey, okay, this kid might be able to do something. You've got something something here. Right. And then my sophomore year, I remember like it was yesterday, uh, we were in the back of door 22, and everybody's talking about what they're going to do, what position they're going to play. And Big Boy Blair said, hey, I'm going to play running back. The whole 15 kids, I don't even know, everybody was laughing. Even the dog was laughing. (laughs) Oh, Blair, you're too big. You can't play running back. And then I said, okay, don't worry. Came back the following year. Talked to my brother because my brother, you know, he, he played college ball. And my dad used to say all the time, any line, anything that's going on, be the first guy in line. Be the first guy to jump to do something. Coach wants you to do something. No problem. Go ahead and do it. And then all that hard work, again, setting goals, understanding that there's a there's a, a process in everything yeah. that you do, I became the starting wow. running back. Then when he gave to varsity, um, we had a guy named Cliff Floyd. Remember Cliff Floyd? Cliff Floyd played uh, baseball for the Cubs, and he was bat- big-time basketball. Yeah. He was a three-sport player as well. Yeah. And uh, I, he looked like a giant to me sophomore year. But I was like, okay. That's who I'm gunning for. Because he was a starting running back at that time on varsity. And I was like, all right, Cliff, I'm coming for you. I'm coming after you. Yeah. But Cliff decided to play baseball. And gave up his football career. And um, that's when I stepped in for varsity and, you know, the rest is history. Trying to break all records. And my dad used to say all the time, you know, records are made to be broken. You know, we've heard that before. Right. And I was like, well, all right, I'm trying to break them now. And so whoever made them, I'm sorry, but they got to go. You know, I just uh, played running back and uh, played corner, too. And playing these different positions allowed me to understand a little bit about the game. Right. But what really set set the tempo or set me just a little bit above everybody is my brother. He would come back and tell me things from a collegiate level. Right. He right. gave the game to me on a different level yeah. of understanding, yeah. and um, I just took that knowledge and information and went out there. It wasn't that I was bigger, stronger, and faster than anybody else. Just knew a little I bit knew more. I knew the game right. better than the rest of these typical sixteen-year-old yeah. kids, and um, you know that just that always put me ahead, things of that nature.
3: Well, that's a benefit for you, of course. Uh, and again, you know, we'll talk more about the mental part of, of athletics and sports, but. So you transition, you're, you're at Thornwood, playing well, uh, but you're getting, you're starting to get recruited a little bit. And you wind up going to Ball State, correct? Yeah. I'm correct on that yeah, one, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, How did that, what was that trans uh, transition like? Not only going there and playing, but what was it like being recruited, uh, selecting that school versus some of the other schools? And maybe you can mention maybe some of those other schools that you were interested in may possibly go going. What was your ultimate school you really wanted to go to? Mm-hmm. And then how did you wind up at Ball State?
4: Mm-hmm. Well, that, that story is, uh, Ball State was not my first choice.
3: <laughs> I figured that.
4: Right? It was uh, all day at University of Illinois. My cousin actually, he was playing uh, football there. He walked on and uh, he, he went he was attending University of Illinois, had an academic scholarship. He walked on to play. So I was like, I'm going to U of I. I'm going to be there with family. That was the direction. Uh, Lou Tepper was the head coach at that time. And um, UCLA, Nebraska, U of I, you know, big schools were recruiting. That was a wonderful thing, too. Coach Eric Campbell from Ball State walks into the door. I'm in the commons area. He sees me. He walks up to me. He says, um, so how are you doing? Everything's all right. Uh, who's looking at you? And I told him, UCLA, Nebraska, he just gave me his card. He said, all right, if you need anything, give me a call.
3: That was it? That was it. And So he to... thought he had no chance of really getting you. Right.
1: All right, we're going to take a few minutes for a commercial break, and we'll be right back.
5: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. IC3U a premier virtual entrepreneurial university just like in sports you need a great coach in the game of business enroll in IC3U for entrepreneurial skill and agility to play and win big IC3U offers academically grounded curriculum coupled with practical application delivered to you globally and virtually our coaches are in the game with you from assessment To immersion, as you move through the program, you meet with course-specific experts to work on your tailor-made roadmap to success. Participants receive accelerated learning, industry and client navigation skills, as well as a developed enhanced leadership capacity for sustainability. For your customized roadmap, send us a note at www.i-coach360.com. Or call us at six three zero six one three seven three six zero. 7360 is your brand easily recognizable does your target market know exactly what you do innovative concepts unlimited help small businesses promote their products and services as well as showcase their stories of speakers and coaches our capabilities include cutting-edge media solutions such as high-definition commercials applications to keep you connected to your customers and creative and graphic branding design Get started today on the path to enhancing your brand. Call us at 708-516-0778 or visit our website at www.icunlimited.net. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866 472 5790. That's 866 472 5790. Voice America Business Network.
0: You are listening to ESCN, and I coach 360 production. To reach our live program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send questions or comments to ESCN at i-coach360.com. Now, back to the show.
1: We're back. Thank you so much for tuning back in to ESCN and iCoach360 production.
3: So what was that like? Going to ball state first few practices, getting you know used to the environment of, of not only new teammates but also college level being a student athlete, the demand for time and all of that that goes with being a student athlete at that level. What was that like for you initially the first you know three to six months
4: it was um it was. It, it wasn't. It wasn't bad, you know. It was just uh, because my dad used to say all the time, "There's a time and place for everything," and he would drill that in my head. "There's a time and place for everything." So I had that foundational piece to know that okay, school is school, practice is practice, and but what was the bad part was the physical <laughs> toll on your body and the mental stress that you had to go through, right? Right. So it's it's for three hours you, you you're going through some right stressful moments. And then once you're done, now you you recondition yourself, you say, Okay, now I'm about to go eat. Right. You, you, you calm yourself down and you mm-hmm. get ready for school. So that aspect of it, the, the 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 timeline, that wasn't stressful. But those chunks of time when you <laughs> when you're sitting there and you are you, you banging with these kids and you don't know anybody and um you know, the, the, it it was cool because I was close enough, three hours from Chicago. Right, yep. So I'm close enough where uh, mom and dad can come down, my sisters can come yep. down, close, but far enough away where nobody just pops up. Right. Me, right. You know, so that right. the the separation separation anxiety of being away from the family that wasn't there. It was just like they were down the street. Right. And then. Which is a huge piece. Oh, absolutely. You know, guys go out to college, they go to Florida, they go to California. Right, right. And they don't have no
3: support group. No, that's exactly no, right. None of no. that
4: whatsoever. And so still having that support group, knowing that I can call them up, knowing that they can just show up at any time, and, um, and just, just playing the game and then being at Ball State. different. It was, the, the class that I was with was very unique because we had 20, 20-something uh, freshmen that came in that year. Wow. And I think it was high 27, 28. And we graduated. That freshman class was still in the 20s. Wow. So we were a close-knit group. Wow. Okay. You know, it was That's really real like good. Band of Brothers. You know? So that makes it easier. Yeah. It makes it easier that when the team that you're playing on, that the guys have your back and everybody's has a common goal. Because now you're growing up together. Right, You're 17 years old, 18 years old. You're literally growing up with these right. guys. and if you don't have a bad apple in there to to, astray, to take you astray, then you don't have any stresses. Yeah. Weather stresses? Yeah, absolutely. Because you got to deal with school. Right. You got to deal with sitting in a classroom with hundreds of kids. You know, you got to deal with all, taking tests, things of that nature. But when you have a support group and these guys are for you, and you're seeing that everybody's going through the same thing, then it's easy to direct you in the right direction to make it happen.
3: So when you when you were junior senior, uh, when did you realize that? I may have a chance at this pro thing. Like I've been, you know, setting my goal back years ago. I wanted to play in the NFL. I wanted to play professional football. When did you discover that I just may get that opportunity?
4: Um, when you start seeing the scouts come up to the practice uh, during spring ball, you know, you see one scout, two scouts, you see fifteen scouts, you know. You, People asking your name, asking questions, and it comes with the territory, right? You know, I, I was Mac Freshman of the Year, which is basically MVP, but because you're a freshman. Right, right. <laughs> we're not gonna give it to you, right? Because you know, you're a freshman. Because you're a freshman, <laughs> right? Um, year before that, I was Scout Team Player of the Year. So for you know at Ball State, so you Scout Team Player of the Year, you Mac Freshman of the Year, all Mac honors. Junior year come up, Dope Walker candidate. You know, so you start seeing all these accolades that come along with your name and then you hear the process. In order listen, the bottom line is in order for you to get to the NFL, you got to be good. (laughs) Period. Absolutely. Period. So if you're not putting up numbers, if you're not making people come to your game to look at you, you're not gonna get a shot. So when you start seeing all these coaches come, and then you say, okay, they not here just for <laughs> this other guy. Right. They here for me. Right. They here for you know. And my brother used to say all the time, your resume is what you do on the field. Every time people turn on that film, that is your work of art. And the number that you wear is your identification number. You no longer have a name. Right. So twenty-seven is your number. You keep that number for the rest of your life because it's your ID number. And I was like, "All right, cool," <laughs> but to me, it was a game. Right, right, right. I, the business side is not what I'm looking at. It's a game. If I play the game because I want to play the game, then the, everything else will take care of itself. And that was my approach from day one. I just want to play. I just want to play it, be the best. It was a mind game to me. It was a chess match out there, right. you know. And if I have fun with doing all this stuff, everything else will take care of itself, you know. And that my dad used to say all the time. Be your best, do your personal best every time, and everything else will take care of itself. I did my personal best, went to college. Did my personal best in college, got the opportunity for the pros. Now, when you get to the pros, it ain't about your personal best. (laughs) Right. Right? Right. Not about your personal best. Yeah. It's about the
3: company's personal best. Right. Which is there, that's a different talk show. Holden. That's the same talk. joke. What are you talking about, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and again, we might as well just lead right into that yeah. that question. Where, you know, it's NFL draft time. It's it's combine. It's all of those things. What was, what was your experience in 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 that? You know, did you go to any combines? Did they come to you? Did you did you have to go to any particular teams and go work out? What was that process? What was the draft process? Free agency. All of that that led you to that. That day, that moment, what happened in that?
4: Yes, the old draft process. <laughs> now, before, so I went to graduate from high school in 92, and so 92, 96 was the college piece, and I think in 93, 93, 94, they had 12 rounds. Before that, they had 10,000 rounds. <laughs> right.
3: right. So everybody's and getting everybody's drafted. Everybody's getting right? drafted. I feel good. I got drafted to 14 rounds. Right. And
4: then um, in 96, they, they dropped two two three rounds. And so then it went to six. And so, um, you know, I honestly, I, I, didn't, I didn't think I was going to get drafted because I understood that I'm at Ball State. I'm not at a U of I, I'm not at a, 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 a Florida, Florida, I'm not at these big colleges, right? Or major, mid-major, I'm at a mid-major college. Mm-hmm. And um, But if I put up the same numbers, then why, why right. shouldn't I get drafted? But the fact that you're playing at that level and you only see three big time competitions as opposed to seeing right. the, whole, the whole season. Right. I understood that piece right, right. there. So I'm a, I'm a realist about everything. Now if I got drafted, wonderful. But if I didn't get drafted, I'm hoping somebody's gonna pick me up. Right. And so again, it's understanding the business side of it. And I was getting educated on that as the, the years went on. Because, you know, the coaches are starting to tell you a little bit more, you have a little bit of understanding, you're having conversations with alumni who's been there mm-hmm. and coming back, you're listening to the radio, you're listening to TV, and they're giving that 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 spiel. So the draft day comes up and I was at home. You know, by this time, my dad actually—he passed away my junior year in college. And, you okay. know, and dad was a big, big part of my life. Mom still is a big, big part. Uh, the whole family is. Um. So, I came home, and sat in the chair in front of the TV in my dad's old chair, his rocker. Sat there and watched the first round. Got a phone call from, uh, was the um the Cowboys, and uh, I was like, hey, Blair, how you doing? I was like, hey, what's up? I said, said, uh, you know, we got you on our board. You know, we, we like what you do. And uh, how would you like to back up Moose Johnson and uh, Emmitt Smith? Because I'm a tweener, right? I'm, I'm right, right, I'm right. sitting at 220 pounds, right. 6'1", you know. Right, you know, right. Running a 4'3",
3: <laughs> something.
4: Something, Right. <laughs> I was a consistent four four right. guy, okay. but you know, I did run a four three okay. nine.
3: Okay, is that on record? Yes. Okay. Well, okay, Just it's on know. my record. And <laughs> so I seen it with my own eyes. Okay. Um. And
4: and how I noticed is because, like you said before, the the, the 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 combine. I didn't go to a combine. Okay. You know they they have draft days. Yep. Where the teams come to you, or excuse me, not draft day, but um. Pro days. Pro days yep. where the teams come to you, they work you out, they measure your hand, your hand size. Oh, this guy got big hands. Maybe he can catch the ball. Oh, he's jumping out the gym. Oh, it's big guy. He's running fast. Right. Oh, look at his short shuttle. You know, they're looking at all these uh, things that that equate to do we have a real athlete? Right. Because they can see you on film, but they want to see you live. Right. They want to see if there's any glitches in the matrix, any hiccups right. while you run, things of that nature. And then, I, if you pass the eye candy test, you know, um, are you flexible? They want to see it for themselves right. basically right so um you do those things then they get a chance to talk to you see what kind of personality you have because remember at the end of the day they only see you on film and they don't get a chance to speak to you right. to see if you can even speak right right and so um they have to do those things so they did all those things prior to and um draft day comes up i mean the bengals was there everybody's jets everything like that draft day comes up dallas I don't even remember ever seeing Dallas ever. I don't even remember ever ever seeing the Chiefs. I can't see the Chiefs. Um, and those are the two two teams that called that I can remember. Right. And um, you know, and I was like, oh man, that would be wonderful if I can uh, play behind those guys. That, that's that's big time stuff, right? Right, now. right. And I said, okay, we'll stick around. <laughs> we got you on our board. <laughs> stick around. You know, we'll we'll give you a call when we get close. Uh, first round goes by, nothing. No call. No call. But, again, I'm not. You're not expecting I'm that. not expecting it. Right. That. So, second round goes by. No call. It's day two now, right? Day two comes long. Got uh, four more rounds to go. And then I started to think to myself, all right, let's be realistic here. <laughs> are there any teams that's going to call me? No. All right, Mom. I'll see you later. I'm out to go. Where are you going? I, I'm going outside you know I'm getting out of I've just, been getting here, just getting away just getting, right. getting away from this <laughs> I've been sitting here for two days can you imagine the stress right waiting for the back phone to call for right. that, that phone call nothing and um so I left and then came back at the latter part right before the end and then as soon as the draft was over as so- the phone was blowing up and this I uh, was in NBC uh, ESPN I don't even know yeah. what it was yeah and uh the end of the draft just happened and all 32 teams have got their players and camp will start up in a couple of weeks. All right, thank you for watching. Good night. Same time. As soon as it was over, you got the phone call. Hey, Blair, this is the Kansas City Chiefs. Hey, Blair, this is Baltimore Ravens. So you start to get all these phone calls. And then uh, the Chiefs uh, had the highest bid. And at that time, I'm going off of, okay, what's going to pay bills, mm-hmm. you know, immediately? And so I signed with the Chiefs. They gave me a nice little uh, lunch money. That I can help mom out <laughs> with some things. And, you know, I can fix this and fix that. And, right. and pay, the, pay the debt that you get when you go to college. Right.
1: You know. All right. We're going to take a few minutes for a commercial break, and we'll be right back.
5: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. If you're looking for a dynamic speaker for your next event, book Angelia Hobson. Angelia Hobson is an entrepreneur, an entrepreneurial coach, trainer, small business advocate, chief strategist, business developer, facilitator, speaker, and author. Her ability to communicate to individuals and large groups and to connect on a personal level have been demonstrated through her many public speaking engagements. She's lectured, Talked and spoken to groups at institutions of higher learning, church conferences, healthcare events, and corporate conferences across the country on topics including entrepreneurship, leadership, sales and business development, marketing and branding, occupational safety, as well as applications of spiritual teachings to create your best life. Passionate and funny. Angelia tells her personal story of strength, determination, tenacity, and a pursuit of legacy. Notable listeners have referred to Angelia as authentic, engaging, and electrifying. Her visionary message has been appealing to broad audiences throughout the years. Book Angelia today for your next event by visiting www.angeliahopson.com or call Six three zero six one three seven three six zero. Again, the site is www.angeliahopson.com or call her at six three zero six one three seven three six zero. Looking for an inspirational read? Pick up a copy of Entrepreneur Within You, TEW three. Chapter sixteen of TEW three. Is an excerpt from Angelia's upcoming book, The Truth About Entrepreneurship, where she discusses topics such as how to get from dreaming to doing, award versus spin, supply diversity in America, Bootstrapping 101, People Will Think You're Crazy, Staying Power, Networking is not relationship building, and so much more. TEW3 is a national collection of well-regarded entrepreneurs who are trendsetters and visionaries who are passionately pursuing their dreams. Their desire is to empower, equip, and inspire others to do the same while sharing their stories and experiences. Get your copy today at www.i-coach360.com. Have you ever heard of a voiceover artist? People listen to them daily. Because companies use voiceovers to help show consumers a picture with their voices of the services or products, and they love them. Well, it can if you hire the professional voiceover services of Michael Dawson. It doesn't matter if it's a radio or television commercial, an in-store announcement, a character for a video game, or some menu option for a phone system. When you need professionally recorded voiceover work done, call Michael Dawson at 630-715-3378 or visit his website at www.michaeldawsonvo.com That's Michael Dawson at 630-715-3378 or visit his website at www.michaeldawsonvo.com And remember, words mean more than what is set down on paper. It takes the human voice to infuse them with shades of deeper meaning. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll free 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network.
0: You are listening to escn and i coach 360 production to reach our live program today please call 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 you may also send questions or comments to escn at i-coach360.com now back to the show
1: Thanks so much for joining us again. We're back to E S C N and icoach Three Hundred and Sixty Production. We are really excited today to be continuing this conversation with Michael Blair, former Green Bay Packer, and now we'll go back to his interview.
3: You're in the, you're in the AFL. When do you say, "All right, Blair, you look in that mirror, Blair. This is this is probably it." What what? Is there was there a moment that? hit you at that particular time, or was it the season, tired of getting up, tired of being hit? What was it the determining factor that said, that's it? Right. I remember when I was
4: playing with uh, Grand Rapids, and my brother came to watch me play, my older brother. And we sat outside the hotel uh, in the car for about two hours, and I was crying the whole time. <laughs> I was crying the whole time <laughs> because we were talking about What's next? And this is Grand Rapids, which is year two of the year four. For right, Green, right, right. Yeah. So I just got there. Right. And I said to myself, has this what it has come to? Like, here it is. You want to play at the highest level. You get to the highest level, and then somebody's telling you that you can't play there. Now you start to question the fabric of who you are as an individual. Was I not that good? Right. When it, which is not the case. Right, it's not the case at all. But these are the things that you know right. now you you're dealing with a whole nother psyche of who you are who you are. Because that was you. Right. You know, and I was like, but well, I don't know what to do. I don't have anything to do. I, I can't play the, the, the instruments. <laughs> <laughs> I I you know Right. You you start listing all of these negatives and my brother said, Well let's be realistic about it. What have you been doing? For the last eight to 10 years. Right. I've been playing football. Yeah, so you're a master. Anybody that spends eight plus 10 right. plus, that's that's doctorate. Right. That's, no, absolutely. You, right. You have earned a master, a doctorate in the craft that you do. Well, nobody looks at it like that. Right. So now what we have to do is you, you have to either A, start coaching take the knowledge that you have and pass it forward Mm -hmm. or you have to find something else and spend the next 10 years trying to develop develop it. Develop that and become a master. It's not that you can't do it. It's just that you just spent more time doing one thing and you got to always remember that. And I was like, all right. So after three hours of crying and I said, okay, all right, it makes sense. And then, you know, I spent the the next two and a half years, um, you know, playing. And then when I was in... um, New York. I called up um, one of my coaches who was with Detroit, and I said, "Hey, I'm still playing." He's like, "Oh, well, where you been?" And I, you know, I told him my journey. He's like, "Oh man, I thought you just stopped playing." I was like, "No, no." He's like, "Well, you should have called me earlier." You know, I was like, "Really?" He's like, "Yeah." And then um, I told him, "Hey, you know, I, I'm about to sign back with, with uh, Grand Rapids. You know, you're close. Blah blah, blah blah. You can look at this. If I have a good season, how about can I get a workout?" He's like, "Yeah, no problem." Well, got to Grand Rapids, played, and then got released. And then that's when I was like, you know what? Right. Because it's not my control. Right. You know, right. If, if it was my control, I know what I can do. These decisions of why players are getting released are not because of their ability. Right. They're being released because of coaches may have personal issues with you. Right. Coaches may have, you know, uh, financial issues with yep. the team. So it's not always the player. And that's the business side that, because I understood the business side, um, I didn't take it personal. Right. I just said, okay, I have to take it personal with myself because I'm allowing this to continue to happen. And I had a friend who used to say, when you going to grow roots? Meaning, when you're going to find a place to, right, to settle right, down right, and things right, like that. Right. And I was like, well, no, I'm single. I'm not trying to settle down. Right, right. I'm going to chase this till the wheels fall. Right. Out. You know? And so... um. It wasn't until then that I said, "Okay, I gotta figure out what to do." You know, do I do I use my major journalism and continue to write, write books, travel? Um, maybe I want to do because you got this wants list and then this this uh, have to list. Right. And I I was doing everything that I wanted to do. Everything. The next thing was being in movies. Next thing was writing books, things like that. And I was just taking them off. I was like, "All right, well." How can that happen? Well, I was doing daycare while I was playing in arena, so I was taking <laughs> care. Of, I was taking care of little six month olds all the way up to sixteen year olds. Wow. 17-year-olds. And I was coaching, so that helped me in the transition of leaning myself away from the game. I was around the game. Right. I got the same excitement. You still you're dealing yep. with the same attitudes, yep. the same atmosphere, and then um, that that helped me say, you know what. All right, I'm done. I'm tired of living out of a bag. I I, I don't need it anymore. I, I I don't have to get hit anymore. Right. I don't have to feel pain to right to feel this excitement anymore. Right. And so right. then you know that's what happened, and that's when I was like, all right, I'm good.
3: So with that, how how important is it for uh, an entity such as you know? I coach 360 you know, ESCN to come in and do entrepreneurial work, skill development for individuals like yourself and others that need that transition and how important is it for an organization to come in and be a part of those athletes' lives to help them transition? How important is that
4: it's, it's very important It's very important for you know your group and it's very important for my group and every athlete's group to be a part of the end game mm-hmm. Right? Why do championship teams win? It's a bunch of individuals on there, but they got one common goal, and that's to do what you're supposed to do to win the game and win the championship. How do we find you? How do we find um, 360 Coach? If I said that said correctly, I coach 360.
3: I coach there 360. You how do we find you guys? Right. How do we
4: find 9010 Sports? Right. You know how does how does uh, you and I. How does this group work together to find other guys? Right. Because you got to remember, some guys don't even want to talk about it.
3: Well, true.
4: So, post-traumatic stress disorder. Athletes suffer from that. Yeah, it's real. It's real. Yeah. So when you when you when you remove yourself from it. Some guys don't even want to talk about it no more. Some guys don't want to go back to it. Some guys, do not they don't feel like that. How can you help me when you can't give me no money right now? Right? Right. And so athletes have to understand, well, when you started playing, when you started playing, you weren't receiving no money.
3: Right.
4: You didn't start getting paid until the last, right. what, five years of your career? Yeah. Three and a half is the average for football. Right. 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 You didn't start getting paid to them you know. I always liken it to a hundred yard football field. Right. If you look at a hundred yards on a football field, now I played eight years, right? Okay. That means if the goal line was year one, I've only got to the eight eight yard line. Right. And I got a hundred. I got you know, eighty two yards to go right. or ninety two yards, yards to go. Ninety two yards, yeah. So I still got the. It's a small yeah. part of that. Yep. Yeah. You know, so it's it's how do we get these guys to come out from underneath the the shadows and to peek their head out and and to trust you know that okay this is the thing that can help me this is the thing that can help me in transition because they're not getting it you know right before before correct they're getting it after and some guys been burned so much by people helping them and some guys the only help that I want is the money right some guys just don't know they don't need no help with the money, but they just don't know what to do. Right. You know, so it's a it's a, it's a a work in progress with all of us, man. We all come together, and we're all speaking the same language, but then we get confused with competition. This is one of those things you don't need to compete with somebody. This is right. one of the things we need to cope with. Right. We need to help each other out. Right. And one man can't do it. One man cannot do it, and woman cannot do it. Right. You know, we need to, to, to spread the word. And the more soldiers that we have out there to, to, to spread this, you know, then it'll just spread like wildfire, you
3: know? Yeah. No, I totally agree with that, uh, Blair. And it's, it's, you know, it's, it's guys like you and, and the others that we've interviewed that have a passion and, and a goal to help those that are coming up and to get with those individuals before, you know, it sets in of uh, the post-dramatic where I'm removed 10 years and I'm still stuck. Mm. So I, 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 tef- I definitely agree. And one, one last question that I'll let you go. If you had to do it all again, or if you had to, if there was something that you wish you'd known then that you do know now, what would that one thing be?
4: What to do while I was playing. Don't focus on when you're done playing. don't focus on what you're doing before you playing. I don't hear nobody talking about what to do when you're playing when you're playing. Oh, I hope you saved your money until you're done. No, how can I make money while I'm playing right uh, I, I I hope you no wh where, where were you at before all of this when i was when I was in the middle of a
3: season yeah,
4: you True. know it's uh you get too many people. I remember I came out to my car one time, and uh, I had fifteen business cards stuck in my window. Fifteen. Wow. I'm the same person that was playing 20 years ago. I guarantee you, if I when I go back outside right now, it's going to be zero business <laughs> cards stuck out there. Right. So why why do why why do people stop? Wanted to be inside your world right right Right. so you have to understand that while you are playing those doors will be open to you they want you when you're playing when you're not you're not hot no more right so how do you stay relevant yeah that's it you know and that's by setting yourself up while you're playing you know and that's that's the 90-10 sports way you know it doesn't matter what sport you play it's here it is. Here's the executive function that's gonna help you make it happen. Here's the bridges that you're gonna build while you're playing. Because what's your plan B, C, D, and E? You know, I, I coach chess at the at at the high school level. And when you play chess, you're thinking three, four, five. Oh, absolutely. You know, in the masters that they, they, they know the game before it even right. before it even starts. They know what happened on your first move. Right. And I think uh, when you when you play the chess it slows you down. And it start it requires you to think. Right. And that's what we all need to do. Slow down and start thinking. Yep. And if if the plan doesn't go the way you want it to, that doesn't mean it's the end of the world. Right. Now you just have to adjust. Right. So you gotta constantly adjust to upgrade yourself. To make yourself ready for the next step. And the step after that and the step after that. You know? So Well
3: that's great. And we'll we'll leave it with that. Uh, Michael, has been great. I mean, we, we, we probably have a two-part interview here, which, which is great. Uh, again, for ninety ten and I-360, I-Coach uh, 360, 360, we, we definitely lo- love for you coming in, and we'll continue that partnership, that co-peating, which, which is, I like what you say, working together. Uh, we appreciate your time, and, and hopefully all of these things will come together and we can help thousands and thousands in the future. So yeah. thanks again. Thank Appreciate you it. Sure.
5: Cool.
1: So, Diane, that was just an incredible interview with Michael. I mean, just going back to uh, the title of the show, By Any Means Necessary, when he just talks about at the beginning how him and his brothers put on their winter coats and, you know, made really a, a football field out of their garage. That, that is uh, some tenacity. Well,
2: that's it definitely a great story, right, about perseverance and what it takes to um, realize a vision. And so, you know, a lot of us, as we are embarking on entrepreneurial efforts, have to really dig into, you know, our own kind of spirit. As I believe Coach Nick talked about last week, um, really, you have to first believe that you can, right, and then uh, work hard to realize whatever vision it is that you've created. And so when Michael was talking about telling his dad, hey, this is really what I wanted to do, really what I want to do, it's just a matter of saying, okay, this is what I want to do, and what will it take to get there? Even when doors close on us or we have a vision for the business that we really want to run, you know, what will it really take to get there? And And not giving up on that vision is really, really key. You know, by any means necessary, I'll do whatever I need to do, I'll work 24 hours a day, or I'll think about this. Uh, because I'm passionate enough about it um, to keep pushing ahead, you know, and those are the the really important elements of, of success when it comes to running and operating your own business.
1: Yeah, and then back to, you know, the conversation we had with the Believe Coach and also a little bit about what Michael was talking about in the beginning is he was fortunate enough to have a dad who really saw the vision and who really said, okay, we're going to go after this together. Uh, and so embrace you know, it with him. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, back to, to Nick's piece, when he talked about, you have to put yourself down in an environment with people who are willing to get in the trenches and kind of go after it with you. I mean, that's really uh, what it comes down to. So he was fortunate as a kid to have that. But as an adult, when we're launching into these entrepreneurial ventures, it is identifying a mastermind group, a coach, a mentor, a friend even, that has uh, like-minded aspirations.
2: Well, yeah. But, you know, it is critical for us to surround ourselves with people who support our growth, our development, our vision, right? And so, if that is finding an advisor, a coach, um, finding other people of like mind with different skill sets to help support our efforts, you know, it's really critical because, as, as Nick talked about, the belief coach talked about last week, it, you know, quit the stinking thinking as we as we right, say. In right, other words, right. make sure that right, right. Make sure your mindset is. Positive, think about what you can accomplish versus what um, you might not be able to accomplish. And it's doing all those daily exercises of positive thinking, power and positive thinking. When you have uh, positive thinking, when you have that mindset, then you draw other people to you who have like minds, right? And so as you surround yourself with like-minded people, because you're drawing positivity you know, into your arena, then you can um, continue on the path to create your vision because you're surrounding yourself with people who support that vision, right, versus being around people who may um, be naysayers or talk about how hard it's going to be to grow your business or launch your business or get over this particular hump. When we have a um, setback we don't need to hear how bad the setback is. We need Absolutely. to work through it, you know. And so coaches can help you, a coach, an entrepreneurial coach, a business development coach can help you recognize where the setback is, maybe where it stemmed from so that you can do uh, make corrections and move forward. So it's not that you want to ignore setbacks. It's not that you want to ignore problems and right. pretend that they don't right. exist. It's right. getting someone who can put those setbacks in the right perspective, you know what I mean, so that you can launch from it, you know, by any means necessary, as Michael said
1: absolutely. And then, you know, for, for me, it's uh, in the words of a wise mentor that once said correct and continue. So with that, we're going to have to uh, wrap up the segment. It's really been another great, great show. Uh, Visit us at www.i-coach360.com. And we look forward to seeing you again next week on ESCN.
0: Thank you for tuning into ESCN. Please join Michael Dawson, Angelia Hobson, and Diane Daniels for another edition next Saturday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Central Time, and 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, or catch a weekly rebroadcast on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about what iCoach360 can do for you and your business, visit i-coach360.com. Have a great week.